Hey, good morning, Church on the Rock. So glad to see you guys. Check out the tan. We had a good time in Mexico, and thank you for joining online and or on your TV or your, your computer, and it's good to see everybody. I want to say hello, and remember, we're an interactive church, so you got to be silly and wave at the screen. Let me fill you through the screen. Uh, but hey, first of all, I just want to say what an amazing God we have, what an amazing country we live in, and what an amazing church that we get to be a part of that family. Um, when I heard about what was going on with the COVID-19, I was like, man, I need to get home. I, I got to be the shepherd, and these are sheep without a shepherd. I got to get home. And uh, man, I called Pastor Josh and Pastor Braden and and just in a few minutes, I realized that they had a strategy and a plan, and they were high, going way past my expectations, and, and that they were, the church was being so taken care of. And then they started telling me, I think Amanda and Judy started telling me how the deacons have called all their people and have reached out and made sure everybody's okay, and hearing different story about how the church is reaching out one to another, and so many calls by the church council. And man, I was down in Mexico, and I was like, wow, we are finally being that church that God called us to be. So Lord, we just right now give you glory, and we give you honor for that, and we thank you, God, you have called us to be that church. And Lord, we pray for our nation, and we pray for our people in Jesus' name, amen. The other day, I was thinking, and I was walking, and I was just praying about different things, and I just kept hearing the Holy Spirit say, where do people go in times of trouble? In times of trouble, where do we place our trust? Where do we go? Where does our help come from? And I started thinking about times in my life where I've misplaced trust, where I put confidence in someone or I put confidence in something. It was just a misplaced trust. And I put everything I had into it. I believed in it. I put my resources into it. I just put everything I had into something, but it just wasn't what I thought. Have you ever put your confidence and your loyalty and your trust and your, and your effort and your strength into people? And it just didn't work out. It seemed to fail. Or how about um, our investment of time or, or, or the money that we put into education and trying to build up our 401s at our work and making our company strong and, and, and all that education and work that we did. And then all of a sudden you hear, oh man, my company's folding. So my, my question is, what are we trusting in? Where does our help come from? In our scripture text, it says that some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And why they talk about chariots and why they talk about horses, because that, back in that day, a king could, could say, man, look at all my chariots, look at all my horsemen, and that would bring a security or protection or, or, or uh, just an, easy, uh, an easiness to that nation knowing that they were taken care of. But the scripture says some trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Today I want you to look at your wife and your children and, and to look at the people in your room and say, man, my trust is in the name of the Lord. And you know, I, I started thinking, is there anything or anyone that you truly can put your trust in? 
Is there anything that's for sure, that's definite, that's guaranteed to happen? You know, like a surefire, a surefire, a fail-safe, a cast iron, in the bag type of thing. Is there anyone that truly is loyal, faithful, steady, steadfast, and trustworthy? Think about that. Think about this. Six weeks ago, we were all enjoying one of the best times that our country has known. Lowest unemployment in history with Hispanics, with whites, with black, Asian. The U.S. dollar at a high, thriving and booming, healthy economy. 401's going through the roof. I've had lots of friends talking to me, uh, excited about where they're at. Most Americans were so confident, even maybe smug, about our future. And then this tiny little germ, I mean tiny little germ, invisible, an invisible enemy came, and man, it's turned our whole entire society and world upside down. 196 countries with the COVID coronavirus. Uh, we're getting up to, on Wednesday, it was 436,000 people that have coronavirus, and, and it's pushing towards that 500,000 and pushing towards that 20,000 in deaths. But it turned our countries and our world upside down. It's turned our personal worlds upside down. And I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, what we're facing, what we're going through is like the 9-11. Things are never going to be the same. We'll never go back exactly like it was. This will be a defining moment in our nation. And I'm excited about it because I can also see the good that's happening in our nation. So back to my original question. In times of trouble, in times of trouble, where does your help come from? Where's it come from? What are you putting your trust in? What are you putting your hope in? Is it chariots and horses and government and, and these other things? Or are we trusting in the strong arm of the Lord? Back when I was growing up, there was a song that said, where do I go when there's no one else to turn to? Who do I talk to when there's nobody there to listen? Who do I lean on when there's no foundation that is stable? And then he pondered in the song and he said, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountains and the mountains stand by me. When the earth all around me is sinking sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, when I need stability, when I need that sure in the bag cast iron thing, I go to Jesus. He is the only one and only sure fire. He is the one definite. He is the one failsafe, the one cast iron, the one that is for sure certain. He is the one that's loyal. He's the one that sticks closer than a brother. He's steady and he's certain. And this know about our God. He not only is steady and he's certain, he can do what he says he will do. Today, I, I want you to look at this Psalms 20, and we're going to quickly go through it because there's like six, seven, eight points in there that I want you to see. So we're going to go through it pretty rapidly. But I want you to notice in this psalm as we go through it that there's a he part and there's a we part. The he part meaning God's part, 
that side of things, and then the we part, this side of things. But notice on the, on the, on the we part, it says, may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. I want you to see that it starts out with the we part. We cry out to God for help. We cry out to God for help. And I hope in this time that when we're, or where do we look for when we need help, I hope that our voices are crying out to God. I want to give you a livestock 101 uh, maybe study today or teaching because you guys know I grew up on a farm. But growing up on a farm, animals, when they hear, I don't care if it's a, a horse or if it's a cow or if it's a pig or if it's a sheep, whatever it is, when they hear the cry of their baby, they're going to get there, especially pigs. Pigs are tough. Man, you wouldn't believe what they can do with their head and how strong they are and, and, and what they, hey, would you believe me if I told you pigs can jump? <laughs> pigs can jump. I've seen it. I've seen sows, which is a, a sow is a mother to a pig, and then a boar is the livestock 101. A boar is the male. But I've seen a sow when I was holding their pig and it was squealing, literally jump over a four-foot a four-foot fence. One time, we, we had huts that had lids on them in the winter, and the hut was open like that much, and we had the pig out, and we was doctoring it. That sow came out of the hut and over and, and made us get out of that pen to retrieve her little pig. They'll break down fences. They'll leap over high walls. They'll do anything because they're going to take care of their one that's crying. Let me tell you something. When God hears you cry, he's moving. You think, you think that, Ill, that livestock illustration was something. Think about our creator God and what he does. I even think about Caitlin and, and Braden. Um, I, I don't know about Braden, but uh, when, when we had kids, man, Carmen could hear if, if, the, if the little baby went, uh, she'd be up and out and running. I would just sleep right through it. And I, I wouldn't even know she got up to fed. Now, I know Braden's different than that. And I know that Josh is different than that, that they're getting up and helping their wives. I know that they're doing that. Um, so, but I, I, man, I would just sleep through it. Let me tell you something. God never sleeps through, your, through when you cry. When you cry out, the scripture says, may the Lord answer me. When I was in distress and I cried out, the name of Jacob, the name of the Lord, he came and he protected me. The second thing it says, it says, may he. So notice it says, may the Lord. Maybe Remember we said there's a he and a we part. May the Lord. Everybody say, may he. May he send help from his sanctuary. That's Psalms 20 verse 2. There's something I want to acquaint you with, and it's called harps and bowls. It's an amazing truth in the, in the Bible that you could read about it in Revelations chapter 5 and 8. But 5 says this. It says, now when he, Jesus, we're talking about harp and bowls. It says, now when he, Jesus, had taken the scroll from the four living creatures and the 24 elders, they fell down before the lamb, each having a harp. And harp here signifies worship. Because the Bible says that the angels around the throne of God, they worship God 24-7. They say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty 
who was, who is, and who is to come. So when it says harps, there's a continual harp and there's a continual song in heaven that, that the angels and it's happening around the throne of God. So, so that was happening, the harp. But then it also says, and golden bowls. Golden bowls. And it says that these golden bowls were full of incense, which are the prayers, and some, some translations say the cries, which are the prayers and the cries of God's saints. So what that means is 24-7 there's praise in, in heaven. But according to this verse, there's not only praise being done on the harps, there's these bowls. I want you to just picture a bowl like you put your cereal in or different bowls that you put things in. The Bible says that these bowls are being filled up <coughs> and they contain the prayers of the saints. So know that when you're praying, when you're crying out to God, uh, you're in accordance with this scripture and, and, and you're, you're with the harp and the praise of heaven, but also your prayers are being put in a bowl in heaven. Now flip over to Revelation 8, 1 through 5. It goes on and talks about harps and bowls. It says, when they opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. The other angel had a golden censer, and he stood at the altar. He was given much incense and other praise that he should offer it up. Now look at this, with the prayers of the saints upon the altar. So again, we see the harp the incense of praise, and we see the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar. And then the smoke and the incense and the praise with, the Bible says, the prayers of the saints. It, in, it ascended up before God and came in his nostrils, and then he nodded. He nodded at the angel, and the angel <coughs> took a censer and filled with fire from the altar and threw it to the earth. And the Bible says that there was a noise, there was thundering, there was lightnings, and there was earthquake. You say, what in the world does that have to do with me? Here's what it has to do with you. Is while we're going through the tribulation and the troubles and the tests that we have been, uh, that's been put upon us, whether we wanted it or not, this is a time to offer our praise to God. To join with the angels in heaven, giving praise to God with the harps, but also to fill the bowls of prayer. As the praises go up and the prayers go up, it fills the, the nostrils of God to where he gives the command to the angel and he takes his sepulcher and he sends fire to the earth. And it says when that happens, there's a noise, there's a sound, there's an earthquake. And brothers and sisters, what that means is there is movement. There's some breakthrough. There, there, there's some deliverance that's coming. I'm telling you, we got to keep on praying. We got to keep on believing. We got to keep on fighting. We got to keep on praying. Because when that happens, God sends a fire to the earth and it moves things. You know, that's the same fire when Elijah cried out. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, when he cried out and he prayed that fire came down and hit. That's the same fire from heaven that when the children of Israel came out of e Egyptians' bondage, there was a, there, when they prayed to God, there was a wall of fire between them and the Egyptians. That's the same fire that fell on Pentecost when the people were praising and they were, and they were praying that the fire of God came down and set upon each of them. Brothers and sisters, know that when you pray, you send up the cry that the answers come down.
The second thing in that verse too, it says, may he, remember we're talking about may he and, and we, it says, may he, may he also grant you support from Zion. Now what does that mean? Zion always, in scripture, when you see Zion, it always means the church. So what God's saying there is through times of trouble, at the beginning of that verse, it said that he, in the beginning of that verse, it said that he will send help from the sanctuary. That's what I talked about where he sends fire. But it also says, it says that he will also gr grant support from Zion. You know what that means? It means support from your local church. You've had it. You've had people show up to you with groceries. You've had people call you on the phone and say, is there anything you need? You've had people, uh, I, I, even today I've had people ask me if there's anything I need. Am I doing okay? Helping hands, sharing, supporting, encouraging with their food and finances. The next thing the Bible says, it says, may he also remember all of your gifts and look favorably upon your burnt offerings. I want to read that again. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably upon your burnt offering. I want you to write this down. I want you to write down heavenly deposit, earthly withdrawal. Heavenly deposit, earthly withdrawal. Paul told the Ephesians in, in, in Philippians chapter 4, he said, man, you guys have always given of your finances when nobody else did. Think about that. He said, you Philippians gave when nobody else did. And then he said, not that I desire your gifts or I need your money, but he said, what I desire is that, I want you to see this, verse 17. What I desire is that more would be credited to your account. More will be credited to your account. What do you mean credited? What that means is, is you that have given when nobody else did. You that have been faithful in your tithe. You that have been faithful in your offering. You that have given, Paul said, when nobody else did. He says, not that I needed your money, because God has all the money on a thousand hills, but I desired to put that credit into your account, that deposit into your account. Brothers and sisters, the reason there needs to be a deposit is because sometimes there needs to be a withdrawal. Some of you may be in a time to where you need a withdrawal and Paul went on to say, he said, for we are more than enough. We, you guys have supplied everything. Your gifts are an offering. It's acceptable. It's pleasing to God. And my God, because of that, will meet all of your needs according to the riches and glory. There's so many promises that have been given to you that have been givers into the kingdom of God. And it's time for you to know that scripture and know that you are on biblical solid ground to know that you may need to make a withdrawal. You can make a withdrawal. The Bible says exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think by the power that works in you. See, there's a power inside of us that we need to unleash. We need to let go. There's a faith inside of us that we need to unleash because faith activates the word. So, so, in times of trouble or in times of difficulty, we're on strong scripture, scriptural bounds here where we can say, God, I need a withdrawal. You know, clear back in JSBC when I was in Bible college, to you that are students, you can identify with this. I was working full time. 
um, going to school full time. And um, I just made up my mind when I became a Christian, I was going to tithe. I, I just, I, I wasn't going to diddle daddle around with that. It's just something I was going to do. I, I was all or none. I thought either God is or he isn't. And I remember one time that I needed money to pay on my school loan. And, and I had $60, and I knew I needed to pay in my school. But I said, no, Lord, I'm going to be faithful in my giving. I'm going to be faithful in giving that back to you. Brothers and sisters, I gave that on a Tuesday. And on a Friday, I was in the lunchroom, and they said, Brian Garfield, please come to the financial services. Brian Garfield, please come to the financial services. And I thought, oh, boy, I'm out of here. They're going to tell me I can't go to school anymore because I was short on my school payment. And so I went up there, and this guy, he looked at me, and he said, he said, Brian, he said, a guy came in off the street. He looked like a, he, he looked like a person of the street. And he said, is there a Brian Garfield at this Bible college? And they, they had to look on the computer, and they said, yeah, there is. Said, the Lord told me to come and give him $600. It was the exact 100-fold return on what I'd just given I'm telling you, you're on concrete ground when we put God's house first. I remember a few years back when, when the church told me, hey, you, we're not going to be able to pay you. Um, actually, I said, don't worry about paying me. Um, I, re I remember that. Hey, guys, from the middle of nowhere, from somebody I met over 20 years ago, actually, I never met him. I helped their son. And then the mother found us in Chicagoland and Long story short, sent us $25,000. Why are you saying that? I'm saying because some of you are out of work. Some of you are out of work. Some of you have, are being faced with difficulty. Don't, don't look, at, look up here like we've never seen difficulty. We all see difficulty. But I'm telling you that we can trust in the name of the Lord. And he is our help. And we've deposited, if you've been deposited financially, be ready and activate your faith and release your faith and just tell God you need to withdraw. God will take care of you. He's in that business of multiplication. It also says this, may he give you the desires of your heart and make all of your plans succeed. I've been talking to a lot of small business owners and some of them in and outside of our church. And some of them mostly outside the church say, I, I don't think I can survive this. Um, when we come out of this, I, I'm done. I, I'm closing shop. I'm not going to be able to do this. And even some inside of the church, I, I've listened and, and, I, and I've heard with ears, but then I've been like, don't ever say you're done, man. Don't ever say you're done. Don't ever say you're done. Because scripture says right here, that he, it's talking about distress. When you're in distress, it says he will give you the desires of your heart. God hadn't changed his mind. God hadn't changed the desire of your heart. He gave you the desire. He gave you that dream. He gave you that vision. He gave you that, that, that business. And he will make your plans succeed. <coughs> the next point, Psalms 20 verse 5. Again, that was may he. Now let's look at may we. May we do this, church. May we shout for joy. Come on, do that in your home. Shout to the Lord. Glory to God. You're on the throne. 
You're above and not beneath. You're well able to do anything exceedingly abundantly. Come on, shout to the Lord. Make a joyful note. Shout to the Lord. When we hear of the victory, may we raise up a victory banner. If, if, if your head is down or if your faith is low, I'm not trying to put you down today. I'm trying to lift you up. May you lift up a banner of praise. You know, the scripture says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That means that it's something that we may not have. Even Paul and Silas, Acts chapter 15, they were beaten and stripped with rods and, and falsely accused. But at midnight, it says they praised the Lord. May we lift the banner of praise. May the Lord, and when we lift the banner of praise, may the Lord hear and answer all of our prayers. Psalms 20 is so powerful. When you see what he will do, when we simply cry out to him, when we simply do what he's asking us to do. I want to end with this. Is there anything that we can know for sure? Yes, there is something that we can know for sure. And it's going on with this scripture. Now know this. Now, though, now know this. It says, I know that some, that I know just jumped out off, off to me. I know that some trust in chariots and some horses, but we will trust in the strong arm of the Lord. We will trust in that strong arm. In Luke chapter 7, there's a story about an officer, a centurion officer, and he had a slave who, who he highly valued, and he was sick unto death. And they went and they begged Jesus. He sent some of his Jewish people that had influence to Jesus, and he said, man, can you get Jesus to come? Can you? And they begged Jesus to come. Finally, Jesus said, yeah, I'll go. So Jesus went with them, but just before he arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends and said, Lord, please don't trouble yourself by coming to my home. This is the centurion talking. The, the, the commander, he said, don't come to my home. I'm not worthy of you to come to my home. I, I, don't, I, I don't deserve that kind of honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you, let alone you come to my house. But the centurion said this, just say the word from where you are and my servant will be here, healed. Just say the word right where you are, Jesus, and I know that my servant will be healed. We're talking about the name of the Lord. Just saying his name. I know this, he went on to say, I know this because I'm a man under authority of my superior officers. And I have a su su superiority and authority over my soldiers. I need only to say, go, and they go. Come, and they come. And if I say, do this, they do that. Brothers and sisters, listen real close to me. Listen real closely to me. When it says that, that we trust in the name of the Lord, we've been given a name, and that's the name of Jesus. And Jesus, the name of Jesus literally means authority. Name above all names. Name above all names. Power upon all power has been given to us. In John 14, 15, and 16, it says we've been given the name of Jesus. So we're people under a superior authority. But look at me. You can look at things. You have authority of a believer. You've been given his name. You're under the authority of Christ. You can say go, and it will go. 
You can say, come, and it will come. Are you hearing me today? Are you hearing me in your home? You can lay hands upon your kids, and you can say, sickness, go, and it will go. Brothers and sisters, look at me on your TV set. Look at me on your computer screen. Hear what I'm saying here. We have been given authority as a believer. We've been given his name. And just as the centurion understood authority, you are under the authority of Christ and you can say go and it will go. You can say come and it will come. You can go into your home and say I'm the father, I'm the priest of my home, this is my wife, these are my children. COVID-19, you are not welcome in my home. You must go go. Fear, you must go. Anxiety, you must go. Depression, you must go. Worry, you must go and believe that what you're saying, that you're receiving that. You can do that because we've been given that authority. You can say, come and it'll come. You can say, peace, come. You can be, you can be an ambassador. You can be God's hands and feet to your neighbors, to, to people at work, to, to people around you. When they're all chaotic, you can say, peace, be still. Blessings come. Prosperity come. Healing come. Brothers and sisters, don't look at the TV and give yourself that, oh, he doesn't know where I'm at. He's never been where I'm at. I have been where you're at, I think, but I know God has been where you're at. And he has given us this, these promises. Guys, we will arise. We will come forth. We will come forth better. We will come forth stronger. We will come out of this because of the name of Jesus. That scripture said some trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And then it says they, they meaning those that trust in chariots and horses, it says they are brought to their knees and they fall. Those that are trusting in chariots and horses and self and the government, hey, they are brought to their knees and fall. But we, come on, but we, but we will rise up and we will Stand firm. And the scripture ends with this. The Lord gives the victory to the king. And we're kings and priests and prophets. And he answers us when we call. I want to close today. I want to switch my glasses. But I want there to be a response in your home. Uh, the staff, especially Josh and Braden, we've been like, Man, it's pretty cool that we get to establish the word in homes and, and get people praying in the home and get people singing in the home. Well, I want to, you might say, give an altar call in the home. I want to see dads pray with their children. I want to see moms and dads hold hands and pray together and do things together. So I want to do a congregational response. If you all will look at that, um, Psalms chapter 20. In times of trouble, I want you to look at your family and everybody say, may the Lord answer my cry. Say it, may the Lord answer my cry. Now say this, I'll say this. May the name of our God, you guys say this, keep us safe from all harm. 
Keep us safe from all harm. And then I'm saying, may he sin. And you guys say this, help from his sanctuary. Say that right now. God, will you send help from your sanctuary? And then it says, may he strengthen those in Jerusalem. Now in your home, say, Lord, strengthen us who are here. And then you that have, have, have given your all to the Lord, you can say, may he remember your gifts and look favor upon your financial giving. And you can say, Lord, we need that withdrawal and we know that you're taking care of us. And you that are worried or concerned about or uncertain about your, your future, the word says, may he, and I want you to say this, grant me my heart's desire. Say it right now. Lord, will you grant me my heart's desire? That's what the word says. And then say this, his plans will succeed. Now say that, his plans will succeed. And then it says, may we shout for joy. Come on, right where you're at, shout for joy. Say, praise the Lord. The Lord reigns, the Lord lives. Say it. Have you ever seen kids worship in children's church? Say it. And then may we raise the banner because we know that the Lord answers our prayers. God bless you, Church on the Rock. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday, same time, same place.